Welcome to Now the Cloud, a fun and engaging podcast about all things IT, especially those technologies that, love it or hate it, are Now the Cloud. Our hosts are the larger-than-life folks from Steadfast, who have spent the past 20-plus years building and hosting managed IT infrastructures and cloud services for companies of all sizes. Turn the volume up, kick back, and let's talk tech. This podcast will look at different forms of cloud storage, how it can support backup and disaster recovery applications, and discuss key considerations that all customers should be aware of. Hello again, and welcome to Now the Cloud. I'm your host, Rich Cruz, and on the line today, we have the cast of characters from Steadfast, including Tim Monner. Hey, Rich, how are you? Good. Ed Dreyer. Hi, how? Colleen Johnson. Hey there. And Josh Simmons. Hiya. Also on the line with us is our special guest from MXO Tech, whom you might recognize from past episodes, James Webb. How's it going? So if you know anybody who uh, is a customer of MXO Tech or a fan of the company, let them know to tune into this uh, podcast. So today we'll be talking about the evolving nature and advantages of cloud-based data storage. So uh, can somebody from Steadfast or, or James, can, can you uh, just kind of give us a brief overview of uh, cloud-based storage? Just, just kind of, you know... What is it? I mean, I, I, you know, storage, you know, I remember the, the little, you know, not little, they were kind of big, the floppy disks from way back that when, right? <laughs> so we've come a long way from there. Uh, tell us more, just kind of define that for us, if you don't mind. So when we're talking in the context of cloud storage, it can mean several different things. It can be something as simple as basic internet-based file backup for your local machine. It could mean high availability database systems uh, that are stored off in the cloud. It could be performance storage used for business continuity disaster recovery. Um, it could be even just basic things such as your file shares for you know your MP3 files. And it spans across this entire kind of genre of storage, which is anywhere but on your home PC. Gotcha. Gotcha. So can you kind of talk a little bit about um, you know, some of the more specific applications for cloud storage? Um you know, from, from a business perspective? Most commonly, people are using cloud-based storage these days for backup. So um, in a kind of a three-to-one backup scenario, typically you need at least one offsite archive, if not one offsite uh business continuity site to store their data. And that's typically what business customers think of cloud-based storage is just the, the opening gateways are in the backup model. Yeah, I guess another piece of that would be, um, you know, now now working for MXO Tech, I've seen a lot of a lot of uh, infrastructure that exists outside of the data center. And so when I look at, you know, what are what are clients doing on prem? Um, you know, there's a there's a large component that is capex, right? We have clients that are backing up on site, which is important uh, in, in, in many many regards. Um, but also when you look at switching over to a cloud based model, you're looking at more of an opex model, right? And so there's that not that large upfront spend. Um, so you know, in, in, you mentioned Ed about the the, the three two one model. Um, from, from the three, two, one model aspect, absolutely. You want to be able to off, you know, like get that, get that data off site, right? Because what happens if those backups on site are not, not available or working the way they need to work, or what happens if other infrastructure goes down on site, you want to have something available on or, or off site. Um, uh, you want to have something available off site. So, so for, for, you know, when I look at cloud storage, I think, you know, 
it's, you know, it's an OPEX model, uh, you know, for business continuity and disaster recover, uh, recovery purposes. That's, that's another, you know, another piece for it's like, again, you're going to be able to depend on a, on a data center or some robust infrastructure. I mean, compare, compare, you know, when you think about onsite, you think about an office, uh, maybe they just have, um, you know, like just general, like 110 outlets or small circuits They may have a, a closet um, where they, where they keep stuff, um, uh, you know, backed up. But what happens when, the power goes off. How, how does it impact your business? Right. And when you think about a data center model, that is, you know, I look at 350 East Cermac, which is a, 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 a steadfast data center. Um, you're looking at 50 diesel generators, right? You're looking at, at 10, you know, maybe a hundred or so uh, 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 battery backup units that are on a large um, industrial scale, not just like the small little units that you plug into. Uh, and so, you know, that runs regardless of what's happening at your office, you have that ability to, to grab that data. Maybe you're spinning up a, a virtual instance or a virtual machine to get that back online, regardless of what happens on site. So to me that both of those pieces are, are equally important. You know, you want to have the on-site, but you want to have the off-site as well. So, James, the, uh, I'm sorry. I jumped in there. The, so the cute little external drives don't, you know, count that's off-site, right? That does not count. No, Colleen, no. But we hear video video uh, sessions, and then some media people use these things as, as their uh, their primary route to. How many how many how, how many horror video. stories have we heard about <laughs> that, Colleen? Uh, at step. But I have a cute little Tetris jump drive. I mean, that doesn't you, work. So, you guys are going to yeah. single handedly bring down the promotional item gifts of thumb drives to hand out. To <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Colleen brings up a really good point. Um, we just had a client that did this, right? <laughs> well, the, the main reason that the graphics designers and the video editors use those uh, externally attached backpack drives is because their data is huge. And that poses one of the threats that comes into cloud-based storage, which is what type of storage do you need for what purpose? If you need to back up you know, a half a terabyte of data just to get eight minutes of video, you may not have an internet connection capable of pushing that up in a reasonable amount of time. And cloud isn't going to work for you to, to function off of. Now, if you're and there, but that's changing. So there are a lot of companies that can handle a lot more bandwidth, but simply there are some types of data that although you'd like to get into the cloud, you just can't because that raw video data is enormous. Yeah. So Ed, I, I think along that same breath, there's also an advantage with cloud storage because you can tier it, right? So we look at things like hot, warm, and cold storage in the cloud. And what does that, you know, what does that mean, right? Hot being instantly available, warm being reasonable um, as far as like recovery times and, and speed of recovery. But then you have cold storage, which it sounds, it, I guess the name makes it sound awful, but really what that means is that you're taking, you're moving data into the cloud and then safe keeping it offline but you could look at, you know, cost savings of 5X, 10X or more compared to other. And, and then again, that's a, that can even be a separate, um, you know, you're talking again about 321, right? So that could be, you could have hot storage or warm storage in the cloud, but then also have cold storage. Um, this is similar to like, you know, I know Steadfast, you guys use uh, Wasabi um, as, a, as a cold storage or, or slightly warm storage model. Uh, but also that's similar to like, you know, AWS Glacier, right? And so, um, you know, that that's something that I think is underutilized uh, because people will assume that though that space they spin up um, in, in the cloud or with a, you know, a provider of some sort, that that's the only, that's the cost of, that's, that's all they have is an option, right? And so it's, I think it's important that people realize there is that, that if you have, let's say, 
you know, agreements with your clients to, to recover perhaps certain files for archival reasons uh, within three to four days, that, that offsite Wasabi or, or I'm sorry, off, off um, that cold storage with Wasabi or something similar is a, is a great solution. So when you talk about the warm, warm, hot, cold, they're actually starting to become more deviations in it. So while Wasabi is a cold storage from an archive perspective, then you talk about Amazon Glacier, which is real cold. Like it's something that has a recovery time of a couple of days. But on the opposite side, you're starting to see hot storage what used to be just spinning disks in the cloud attached to uh, high-speed internet pipes is not fast enough anymore. So you're starting to see these new arrays that are capable of doing, like they're all flash or all NVMe, that are doing millions of IOPS. And those are for like the rocket hot in the cloud environment. They're cloud-based storage, but they're screaming fast and specifically designed for high-level application and data delivery. So there's really kind of these five tiers now. There's the super hot, there's the hot, there's the warm, there's the cold, which I consider more of like a room temperature, and then there's glacier. And the the trick behind all of these is they all exist for a reason. They hit different parts of the market. So if you know you're going to need that data immediately, then you need to pay top price for that super hot storage. Uh, if it's occasional pulling of data, you might be in that warm storage tier, but a majority of an organization's data never really gets touched and just needs to be archived. And then you're in the, you're in the glacier space and the, the cost difference per megabyte, gigabyte, or terabyte of storage is like a hundred fold. So something you pay, you know, let's just randomly make up, you pay a dollar a gigabyte uh, for glacier. You could pay a hundred dollars a gigabyte for NVMe direct attached, you know, 10 gigabit backplane storage. So it's balancing those numbers to get the most value from your IT dollar. And that's where a company like MXO or Steffast would come in and help you decide on what's what's best for your company. I mean, we're, you know, we're we're both of us here are looking to, you know, provide value, right? And so we can make those decisions um, in a way that's intelligent, in a way that we, we will sit down with you and forecast uh, what those solutions look like uh, as your company evolves. Sure. Now, you guys mentioned. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, to cut in. Go ahead Josh. No, go ahead. You guys mentioned that uh, a lot of a lot of people who are looking at cloud storage solutions just believe that there's one type and it has one cost, and sometimes it can be too enormous or there's a, a bandwidth issue. But um, do you feel like the IT world is even really aware that that cold storage or even super hot storage are options? Or is this something that that's kind of not really taken hold yet? Because these have been around a couple of years now, right? They've been around for a long time. Actually, they've been around for 30, 40, 50 years, right? So you talk about tape or, or real, you know, real cold solutions that have been around for a long time. It's just a matter of, you know, like you said, I mean, uh, even, even people who are technical um, don't always know what's available out there. This, the, the terms in the world of tech is evolving continuously. And so um, it's kind of has to be a constant mission to remind our clients. So a lot of times they don't even understand, like they might see a, a solution, right? And it's, you know, what's the cost model look like? You know, what's that going to look like over, over several months to a year? And, you know, a lot of times I've seen even with Steadfast, we, you know, clients that are not with Steadfast would get into a position where, um, their, their cost is out of control before they know it. And that's still the only solution they know. So until you get someone to come in and help explain, you know, help the, hire the experts, focus on your strengths, right guys, um, help, help a company do what they do best. And we, we know those technologies. Um, but yeah, I would say 
I mean, out of of all the calls I've been on for for several years, um, probably only 20% have heard the term cold storage. Well, and and there's some different misconceptions about how to use uh, cloud storage, correct? I mean, um, you know, we've been in conversations recently. This is probably a little bit more of a backup angle with uh, with cloud storage. But for instance, Microsoft Office 365, and we're talking to individuals who think that their data and those files within that system are actually backed up somewhere um, infinitely. And that's just not really the case. Therefore, there's some mm-hmm. options for cloud storage to play there. There are instances where customers are believing that a box business or Dropbox or things like that are cloud storage, you know, and they're using it in different manners. So there's different ways that people sort of look at cloud storage and how they're using it as a function of their, you know, their business operations. So I left my mic off while Tim was talking about the 365 and people thinking it's automatically back up for that because there's that scream that comes out of me, which is no, but realistically, realistically you run into a situation where people may not fully grasp the depth of the technology that they have. So I can do 25 minutes on 365 and their backup solutions and their archival process and based on their tiers. But the reality is, is that you need a backup for pretty much any data you have. And I hate to say it, but even though Microsoft hasn't experienced like a agency wide breach yet, it is a fair assumption to think that all companies at some point or another have a problem like that. So you want to get your data off, especially if you're in a compliance driven industry. So if you need to restore data, you need to have an accountability chain for it. You still need to have a backup for that 365 environment because even Microsoft litigation holds at their E5 level. So I just, everybody just glazed over can miss stuff. If you're talking about a full backup solution where you're keeping everything, there are external options. They're easy. And most importantly, they're, they're too cheap to pass up. Like the, you're talking about a, a buck 50, a user, and then up like six bucks, a terabyte or six or 12 bucks, a terabyte for storage gives you peace of mind uh, for the, for your organization. How can you afford not to spend that? Mm-hmm. Now, so one of the things you brought up there uh, and a, a couple of times here is about backups. And so, you know, stuff happens. Can you talk about some of the advantages of uh, and, and you know, some of the nuances to uh, disaster recovery? You know, when when everything goes down, uh, you know, because uh, that happens, you know, periodically. Um how how does a cloud-based solution um, you know benefit an organization? So a cloud-based solution from a backup. Let's let's move away from backup because we've talked a lot about it, and I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit. But if you want to talk about cloud-based storage for like live active data storage, so file share, Dropbox, Drop. Uh, Dropbox, Box, Office 365, OneDrive, all those, they have a they have a couple really interesting key factors that is that has been really important, especially the last 18 months, is that data is up and available in the cloud and it's really hard to take offline. While your end users might have internet connectivity. Um, and they're, they're dependent on internet connectivity to have access to those files, those systems are built to be redundant and reliable. Um, any cloud-based storage you're talking about from the Dropbox, Box, uh, Evernote, Office 365, OneDrive, or even you know provided solutions like the Steadfast Drive solution that we have, they're all highly redundant and highly available. They're located in one or more reliable redundant data centers. So they're designed to not go down and to give you five nines of uptime, which is a great thing to get because most of us who have been in business for more than 10 years remember what it was like to be in an office and the file server went down. Everybody just had to go home. Nothing was getting done. 
now with a cloud-based solution for sure that isn't necessarily the case. And more importantly, when you start looking to the deeper hybrid solutions where you have some data locally and then it's backed up with the cloud, even if your local site goes down, you can redirect users to that cloud-based storage and get them back to work. Josh doesn't remember that time. <laughs> I existed. Um, yeah, they told me about it. In the I'm sorry, we've, been, we've gone this whole time without making a young joke about Josh. So I had to throw it in. There, so. Congratulations on not being picked on Josh. Thanks, I'm actually in my 40s. <laughs> like you mentioned, Ed, I mean, you know, so from an on-prem perspective, you know, being an MSP at MXO Tech, um, the, I, you know, I will always say that you, you still need those on-site backups um, as, as part of this, but I would also say you never want to be without the cloud side, the cloud-based backups, right? And so, you know, thinking again of like this highly redundant infrastructure that is a data center, it's industrial, you know, like, like scale, it's enterprise scale, right? And so you have, you know, even, even when you talk about connectivity, um, you're cutting out the middleman, you're cutting out the smaller, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, ISPs and whatnot that are serving the office and you're going directly to the, the larger carriers. So whether it be, you know, level three or, uh, Telesonera or, or, you know, uh, you know, uh, NTT or whatever it is, those carriers are hooking directly into the data center. And, and if you're dealing with a, a great, you know, data center uh, and, and, you know, managed service provider in the data center, they're, they're blending those connections together to create uh, redundancy on that end as well. And so, you know, that's, that's the, that's, there's like the comfort in knowing that um, when things go wrong, as long as you plan for on-prem and off-prem, um, you should be fully covered. Right. And it's it's figuring out a balance between the the closer you are to your data, the faster as you get it. So that's the on-prem component. The cloud-based means if everything goes wrong, you still have access to it. So usually when I'm describing it to customers, it goes, if you if someone deletes a file by accident or does or loses an email, you want it, you want that data back quickly so you can pull from local. If you lose the server, you need to get the entire environment up back up and running. So you need to restore it from tape or local disk. And that's something you also want to happen fast. But if a meteorite comes from the sky and hits your building and takes out your, your data closet, you better hope that you've got data somewhere and it's moved off site, either in the form of tape, which still companies use, but it'll take days to get back up and running or into a cloud-based provider, any number of them, and you can be back up and running within hours. So it's, it's a risk management tolerance and it's a kind of understanding of how data works that's really going to help you with this. And there are so many providers out there offering so many different solutions with so many different features. If you're not deeply familiar with it, there's nothing wrong with asking nerds for help. I mean, I'm one of those nerds. Right on. Well, and so speaking of those like solutions, right? Um, if, if someone listening wants or needs to get into uh, looking at cloud options, which they probably should if, if they're listening to this uh, program, um, what do you think is the most critical like baseline product or service that you would recommend that they would start with? So typically when you dip your feet in the water, you're probably already there. I mean, realistically, you've got a Gmail account 
Well, if you're an Apple user, you've got your Apple store and your Apple storage. If you're a Google user, you've got a Gmail account and you're already pushing some sort of data like your photos because you're backing up your phone. That's a that's an entry level for everybody. I think one of the, the like the key things to kind of get used to that is start playing with how that connectivity works. Look at look at your files, look at what you're backing up. Uh, I mean, if you've got an unlimited number of cat gifts on your phone, most likely they're backed up to your Google account. I'd like to that's say for the record, uh, Ed, that's a GIF, not a GIF. Do not start. Oh no! Agree to this. Like, <laughs> here you go. Here, here you go. Throw down. No. Okay. Yeah. By the way, we're just going to link to the GIF versus GIF uh, thing, and then we're going to call it a day because we're not going to have that. The bear. But, yeah, don't poke the bear. I couldn't resist. Let the negative um, comments ensue on the uh, on the chat out there. Right. <laughs> there are a lot of other different backup. Like you know, there are a lot of backup services that advertise to the the end user level, like the Carbonites and things like that. And then you start moving into when you start moving into the um, corporate enterprise level, you look at OneDrive is a big one. Uh, 365 is another one. I mean, they're kind of the same thing, but then you talk about Box, Dropbox, and then independent MSPs will also put together products for data storage with redundancy based on your need. The, the market is saturated with products, but... Um, and the challenge of being saturated with products, as I said before, they all have different features. They all have different price points. And you need to know what features you need to pay for, which are extravagant and which are, you know, just unnecessary. Got it. So uh, does anybody else have any uh, any further advice for listeners out there interested in optimizing their cloud storage options? Oh, real quick. Um, could I bring something up? We spoke about a meteor hitting your data closet. But if that doesn't scare you, can we speak for a second about how having a good backup and disaster recovery plan protects you if you have a security breach, for example? Yeah, that's a good one. So the, Lots of the most that, about that in the news, right? The most meteor, common situation. A meteor hit in that closet is pretty precise, by the way. I'm just going to say that's a pretty precise hit. Fine. If there's a flood. You know, you, you see, this is why us InfoSec guys hate you muggles. It's because you, you downplay, you make a joke out of it all, and then suddenly data's going, you're like, please have to help me. It's going to happen. Something's going to happen at some point. So we, like, yeah, you're right, Ed. People joke about it, but inevitably it does happen. Stuff happens to people in company. I, I am Dr. Manhattan, except for I wear pants and I have a pale skin. And you're going to come to me for help after not listening to me, and I want to say no. <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> Warned you. I think that, I mean, Josh, Josh, to kind of answer your question, I mean, um, you know, it, it's not just important to have those things, but it's also important to test those things. Right. So like, I, you know, I, at, at both companies, we've always looked at, um, you know, you know, even, even if, even if, a, a you know, you're looking at business continuity side and you know, disaster recovery side and things are booting from a test scenario, does that actually mean the rest of it's okay? Are you going to, are you working with a, a, a partner, a cloud partner or an, an MSP that's going to d- uh, dig deeper? You know, are we, are we going to run drills every six months to make sure that happens? Cause I can't tell you the amount of times we've dealt with clients that said they have that, that are with another provider. We thought we had backups, things were backing up successfully, but then when we really needed them, it didn't work the way they said it would work. You know, how comprehensive is that, that, that managed part, right? So managed services from steadfast managed services from MXO, like, like 
how far are they digging into that into that piece to ensure that you're you're protected? And oftentimes, it's it's astonishing how often um, the answer to that from other companies is, "We thought it was fine," and you know it, the answer is zero. Uh, I, I, it's it just it, it's it's a repeatable story. And if you as a company, if you don't know what the answer is to that question, or you haven't tested those things, I, you're not doing your job properly. For your company. I just want to swing back on what Josh was asking about because we, we kind of lost the question. A lot of malware lately, a lot of different ways. You've seen it in the news all over the place. Your best defense against malware, aside from user training, is backups. Like backups the way they say we vote in Chicago. Backup often, backup frequently, backup early, backup late. And keep those backups archived because some of the new malware will wait a couple of days or a week uh, to trigger so that even if you can clean up after a backup, it'll it'll hit again. So you want a good backup and data recovery policy that spans back a month or longer because even if you manage to find Bitcoin and pay the person doing ransom, all you're doing is targeting yourself as, as the target for an easy shot next time. So your answer is back up a lot, recover it when you need to, and don't be held prisoner because there are a lot of companies that are going to, that have lost a lot of money uh, paying ransomware and not necessarily getting the value out of it. Not that there's your value in buying off criminals anyway, but my point stands. Right. Right. For sure. So uh, I think that's about all the time we have today. So uh, Tim, uh, whether you're team GIF or team GIF, how can people get in contact with uh, Steadfast? The easiest way is always just to go visit us online at steadfast.net. Um, and from there, you can probably find one or more of us. Um, and I'll, I'll give a real quick shout out to James. I appreciate him coming on, on board today. Yeah, Once awesome. again, uh, MXO is a great company. Um, we're happy to be working with them on some different things and uh, I'll let him let, tell you how you can get hold of him. Thank you, Tim. It's, it's actually, it's really good to, you know, uh, hang out with the, the old crew here again, um, for so many years, uh, you know, spending almost seven years at, at steadfast. Um, you guys are, are great people. Um, it's, I, I, I do miss you dearly as much as I enjoy, uh, the, the, the new company I'm at. I, you know, I just, I miss the time we spent together and, uh, the solutions that we provided for clients together. And, um, I'm looking forward to, um, events and all kinds of things that we have upcoming here, um, as we go through the, the rest of the year. Um, yeah, as far as getting a hold of us, uh, just MXO, uh, just as it sounds, mxotech.com. Uh, you know, we do provide, um, you know, on, on-prem solutions. So, you know, even though we do a little bit of cloud, but we, we often will work with vendors on the cloud side. Um, the on-prem pieces are, um, so we specialize in like security, um, you know, and just those it services They're they're technically they're outsourced, but onshore, right? So like, you shouldn't have to worry about how your office is, um, is, is up and running and how those laptops are going to get their updates for, for security. Um, we manage all that on the, on the back end. Um, so we do a lot, a lot of break fix, a lot of, on you know, we will, we'll roll text out to your you know, locations here in Chicago or throughout the Midwest. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great, great being part of this again. I, I look forward to future episodes. Great. Thanks everyone for, uh, for all the information and uh, we'll see you all on the next Now the Cloud episode. Thanks. Take care. Jeff. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> if you have any topics that you would like the Steadfast team to discuss in future episodes, you may email your suggestions to ask at steadfast.net. If you want to learn more about Steadfast and the services they offer, 
please visit www.steadfast.net for more information. Thanks for listening.